0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to Mama's Talking Loud. Jess and I love bringing these stories to you, amplifying the journey of the working artist mom, supporting the struggle, and striving to change the social safety net. But we need your help. If you haven't already, we would so appreciate if you would follow, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. This is the way we can continue to raise awareness and change the narrative. And if you want more insight into our world, please follow us on Instagram at Mamas Talkin' Loud, on Twitter at Mamas Talkin' Pod, and on our website, www.mamastalkin'loud.com.
2: Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mamas Talkin' Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara
1: Cooper. Best known for originating the titular character in the original Broadway production of Mary Poppins, our guest first made her Broadway debut as Belle after starring in the national tour
2: of On the Record right out of college. She is a Disney darling for sure. Yeah. She also, though, (laughs) is no stranger to the classics, touring the country as Mother Abbess in The Sound of Music until she was eight months pregnant. Oh, my God. Thank goodness for that nun's habit, right? (laughs) She joins us today to share that hilarious story as well as her struggles with postpartum depression. And secondary infertility. Please enjoy our conversation with our friend Ashley Brown.
0: Mama's talking loud, Mama's talking talking tough, Mama's talking, how about being good with good enough? Mama's talking life, Mama's talking proud, Mama's talking trash. Hi girls, what's up?
2: <laughs>
0: we are so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see your face, my friend. I know. y'all too. It's been too long. I mean, this year. It feels like five years. Oh my God. <laughs> a century, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, literally a century.
2: <laughs> literally, that's what my forehead says. And that's...
0: <laughs> Honey, if you would see these roots. The grays, I know, I... all of it. I know, I know. It's oh something. my God.
2: Well, we... We always start off by having our guests tell us about their child or their children. So, will you tell us <laughs> This is like I feel like I'm opening a can of worms <laughs> with this one,
0: but will you tell us about Emmeline? So, Emmeline Rose Whistler is something to behold, honey. She <laughs> is 4 years old. She's going to be 5 May 9th, which is absolutely insane. Um, it some ways feels like the longest five years of my life and then at the same time i'm like i cannot believe my baby's five like what has happened it's lots of mixed emotions of course and you know she is such a blend of my husband and i it's daily it's um i think it's starting to lean more towards me you know just like not outgoing introvert (laughs) just kidding But, you know, she's awesome and she is, she's going to run something someday. Um, it's just right now I'm just doing all I can for it to not to be running us, but I don't want exactly. to squash it. Exactly. I was going
2: to say, I was going to say she's been running you guys. Yes. Like and I'm, She was bored.
0: <laughs> I mean, y'all, she came out talking and like having opinions and I'm like, Are, you're not allowed <laughs> to do that yet. Like you're just not, but she is, she feels she is. And, but she is loving and sweet and hilarious. You know, it's like this age right now, y'all know, I mean, the one liners are, I live for them yeah. because they're so literal in the way they see and hear things and, you know, explain things. And I'm like, that's the most perfect description of that feeling or that moment. And you're just like, that's hilarious because as adults, you're like, well, we wouldn't really be able to say that Um, because we know better. Um, but she is, you know, our kids are so resilient. And through this whole year, we moved, um, down to be near my family for the year. We still have her house up in Jersey, but you know, we asked her to go to a new school and new, do new things. And she was like, okay, okay, okay. And meanwhile, I'm like, is she ever going to be able to handle it? And she did, she does. And Mm -hmm. she is, um, you know, a, a leader. And I love seeing that. Um, she's funny. I mean, but we have, with those strong personalities come some hard times and some meltdowns and some, you know, and it's just, you know. So, again, ups and downs, I'm just saying. It's keeping it real. As I love that she so um, knows what she wants, strong-willed. Like, there's some so many things that are so great about that. But there's also, like, because she won't eat new foods, she will starve herself. Um, I think we went on 48 Hours? because she wouldn't eat, no. was in front of her. <gasps> Would not, won't budge. Potty training, oh. she stopped eating because she real and drinking because she realized that made her go to the bathroom. So she's like, I'm not doing this. Oh. And then when I made it her decision and said, you're the only person in the whole world that can tell mommy and daddy when you have to go. Like you're the only one that knows, that clicked. And she was like, oh, I have to go to the potty. And we never <laughs> looked back. Like we didn't even have to use night diapers. She was done. And that's Emmaline in a nutshell. It's on (laughs) her terms. Well,
1: if that doesn't sum somebody up, I don't know what does. But it's like you're talking about this little girl who's so strong-willed. And I feel like it must be so hard because you don't want to break that, right? Because like the hardest thing about being a woman is like, sticking to your guns and holding on to what you believe is right and so you want to support that the best that you can so that she can grow up and 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 have these convictions but also like she needs to be able to go to the bathroom and she needs to eat food and not go on a hunger strike so it must be a very hard line for you to walk
0: it is because at the same time sometimes she's so convincing that I'm like hold on a second I do know more than you like (laughs) like hold on like and I'm a very strong woman too so I mean we have a little bit of that going on because I'm like hold on no I know better than you I always will get into it you know what I mean right. but sometimes I have to remind myself because she wants to pick out her outfits. she tells me how her hair like I'm telling y'all it's very rarely does she go okay mommy okay mm-hmm. you know yeah. no so
2: no she does it, and I do have to remember. I I have to jump in because I was thinking about us being on Marco Polo one day. This before the pandemic, when you were trying to potty train her. I will, I will never. It's so funny. I love it. You were like sitting there chatting with me, and y'all were in the living room or something. You're like, "Emmaline, Emmaline, don't you go on this floor? Don't you mm-hmm. go on this carpet, Emmaline?" And then you're like, "I gotta go," and you just like drop the phone. And <laughs> Because she fully started to go. She was just standing there, like, staring at you, thinking, I'm just going to do
0: this here, Mom, because that's what I want to do. Because that's what I want to do, and I know you want me to go there. And then there's also the game we play. I'm like, don't you put that in your mouth. Don't you sit on that. And then she's like, see, I'm like, that's actually probably not healthy, but it sometimes it hurts. (laughs) Oh,
2: Oh, it's true. These southern girls, honey, because, you know.
0: But then the turnaround, though, she's meeting friends. She's at school and little VPK, little, you know, she starts kindergarten next year, beyond. And, she, you know, she has these little friends. And I said, well, I haven't heard about Luca in a while. Like, you used to talk about him all the time. And she goes, well, Mommy, I said to him, Luca, if you're not going to be friends with me every day, no matter what, then we have some things to discuss. <laughs> I, and I died laughing, and I was kind of, I was like, well, Emmeline, that's very direct, but I was like, Get it, girl. I kind of feel the same way. You got to be consistent with your friendship. You can't be all willy-nilly. So I'm like, there's that. But just four. I mean, I'm she like, she is your
2: daughter. No, I, I just. Oh my God. The stories it just make me so happy. She kills me. Yes. And you kill me. I mean, you, like, Ashley, I just, you know, one of the things I love about you, like, you know, you're an open book you say it like it is and um there are, you know you tend to talk a lot I talk a lot that's why I think yo know, when <laughs> Ashley and I get together y'all I have to tell a little another little side note we Broadway baby mamas we would try to have these moms night out because we wanted to have community here yes. in the city this was before we started the podcast even and we would have mom's night out and people would say oh I'm coming I'm coming and then slowly but surely as the day wore on more people backed out more people backed out and one time I showed up for mom's night out and I'm standing at the front of this restaurant all by myself (laughs) and I knew and at this point Ashley was the only one who had not canceled and I texted her and I was like girl I'm it's just me like I know you have to come from Hoboken or Jersey whatever and I was like it's okay like no one else is here she's like honey I've already left the house I'm headed to the ferry and I'm coming and we had the fiercest little little
0: date it was so fun it was just the two of us and I think Emmeline was like eight months old at this point so I was like honey mama's heading out and I don't have a curfew yeah you know I didn't I was like shoot and we had so much fun remember we met Eric after the show and he was like y'all at fun. I'm like obviously <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: obviously always um so let's talk about let's talk about before Miss Emmeline came in to be you know that's yeah. well she was she was there but I want you to tell our people so we've talked to women who are pregnant while they were working Karen and I both worked while we were pregnant but we had to leave relatively early on due to you know the costumes not showing what you know the costumes not uh being what we could wear. You know, half tops don't really work with a pregnant <laughs> belly. Um, <laughs> unless you're, unless you perhaps well, unless no, I gonna definitely go didn't yeah, for Yeah, a while. can try. <laughs> but tell us about, you were doing The Sound of Music when you were pregnant with Emmeline. Yes. And am I correct in thinking that you stayed in that show <laughs> until you were like eight months pregnant?
0: <laughs> eight months. Like, <laughs> I was waddling. And I, I told Jack O'Brien, who... Uh, was our director, who was awesome. I was like, so I think I'm gonna leave at six months. He's like, darling, why, why? And I was like, well, I just feel like, out of respect for the show, he was like, no, I want, you have to stay until, like, you can stay until you give birth. I was like, well, shoot, I mean, who usually says that? And I was like, okay, I mean, I'll stay until, like, it's laughable. And I did stay till it was laughable. Well, because you were playing Mother Mother Abbess. I mean, so irony
1: is just too good. (laughs)
0: The I was a pregnant <laughs> nun. And the funniest part about all that with life being life and that everybody's journey is meant for them is, I mean, it is a perfect example. So Daniel and I were trying to get pregnant for a couple of years. It wasn't happening. We did all this testing. And they're like, nothing is wrong with either of you, which is super exciting slash, well, then what the heck? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I got called in to go for this tour. And obviously I was thinking like I might be a Ma- Maria. Yes. Um, and then my agent called. I mean, hello. I was at the time I was like only 33. I'm like, I'm so sure I'm like, <laughs> you know,,
1: I, know. I wish there was video for this episode because like the, in the telling in your face, like the <laughs> listeners are missing out a little bit. but go on. <laughs>
2: We just have, we're going to have you back to just like Kiki on a video and then we'll have (laughs) a special episode.
0: (laughs) We should. So I go in and sing, you know, for Maria and Jack was super sweet and he was like, you just have to be part of this show. And I was like, I never thought I would tour again, but I had never auditioned for Jack before. So I was like, let me just go in and, you know, never say never in this business, as we all know. And so my agent called me like two days later and he's like, are you sitting down? And I said, I was thinking like oh I got the part whatever and he was like so Jack had this dream last night and he wants you to be the mother abbess and I was like D- <laughs> I- excuse me that's like me playing the role of like churning the, the butter at the opening of Oklahoma like I'm just not there yet <laughs> and I was like hold on like are you like climb every mountain girl like are you kidding me shoot And I was like, I'm a little insulted and slash. He was like, well, he has this whole new take on the show. Anyways, long story long. He was like, my agents were like, just go meet with him and tell him your concerns. Because I was like, you know, I have played Mary Poppins and I was like 25 at the time when I was playing the part. But it's always aged me more than I am. And I've been told I have a maternal, you know, thing about me. Get it. But I was thinking, I'm like, the last thing I need to do is go play the old lady in the shoe in some music. So I was like I just feel like I don't know and blah blah blah. Well, it turns out, you know, Jack, as y'all know him too, he could like sell ketchup to a woman in white gloves. <laughs> I was sold. And it was I was wanted to work with him and it was a great experience. Cut to I'm in rehearsals and Daniel and I had done nothing different with our, you know, fertility journey other than just like be married and like, you know, do it sometimes. And <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm in LA in tech. So I made author rehearsals in New York, and I'm in LA in tech. And I was like, gosh, I'm so tired. Or I just, like, I'm not feeling good. But never once in my wildest dreams did I think I was pregnant. I was like, I'm sure I have a blood disorder. I'm like, I'm only going on and singing one song and then doing a strong reprise. And, <laughs> you know, I'm so, it's like tech is not that exhausting for me. And there's no reason I should be this tired. Anyways, I go, I get a positive pregnancy test, and I cannot believe it and so and my due date was the same day y'all sick because i was only doing the first six months as um i sorry no so my original due date because i didn't know how pregnant i was was like the same date as the end of my contract for sound of music and so i was like well that would mean i'm like really really far along like I, you know but anyways so I was like, oh, my gosh, this looks like I got the contract, walked down the street, got IVF, and then signed it. Like, it just all was lining up like I did it on purpose. And I was like, I really didn't. And so once we got to the point where we were telling people and I was going to leave, and anyways, they were super supportive. But since I was playing Mother Abbess, because I was really not wanting to play the role, and I was like, there's a reason this role is in my life let me just go with it. This is super weird. I had every out in the book. I'm like, why not? And here it was, is I, this was supposed to be my journey where I could be in a role with no waistline. Hey, hey, hey. And I was in a sensible flat. Hey, 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 hey. And, you know, all that they needed was in this, you know, face and a voice. And that's what they got. And I was able to waddle my way through But y'all, I literally, you know, towards the end, I was truly, (laughs) and then at the stage door, people were like, oh my gosh, you're a pregnant mother abbess. And I said, yes, it's hysterical. I loved it. I want to know
2: how big that nun's habit, like how, what the circular circumference was of that robe girl, because (laughs) to cover, I mean, any eight month pregnant woman for the most part, and also to have it not be apparent since you are a nun.
0: Yes. I mean, and of course, you know, you have to hold your hands like this the whole time. So, I mean, obviously my hands got higher and higher. I, eventually I was like. <laughs> but the time I almost lost it is, at, you know, in the show, in The Sound of Music, where the Mother Abbas, like, opens the gate for the family to walk up the end of the show. Well, I actually had a key that actually had to open the gate, you know, because Jack doesn't like anything to be pretend. And y'all, the end of the like the, my run, the keys, because it had to hang on my belt. So obviously my belt kept getting higher and higher. And literally one of the shows, I couldn't find the key because it was under my pregnant boob and in between the belly, I couldn't find it. And I was like, <laughs> I like, tried to find the key and all the nuns were like, meanwhile, everybody's supposed to be like, and I was like, this is, it. I've got to call it. Y'all, I can't find my, like, it was like a muni sized key. It was massive. And I, could, I was like, and I couldn't, and everybody, and I was like, climb, like, I couldn't like get it together. And that's when I called Jack, and I said, Jack, I think we've hit the point. I said, I'll give you one more city. I'll give it Atlanta. It's all, I wanted to make it to Atlanta because it's closest to my hometown, and so everybody could see in the waddle. And then that was it. But, y'all, I was able to do it for so long. And even when the week came, I'm like, I probably could do another three weeks. Like, I could. Because the best part is, like, my voice got so... I'm sure y'all noticed, like, in your voices, too, when you're pregnant, it changes. And my voice was just so much richer. Like, I normally wouldn't have been able to sound that meaty on that song. Anyways, it's just... I know that was a longer story than necessary. But it was just more one of those things that came my way, and it was so confusing. And I took it not knowing why. And then, like, my why was being pregnant and being able to stay in the show and play a role for so long that, like, you guys said, like, normally we have to have a waistline. And I just didn't i just love
1: that jack like you said i think i'm gonna work
0: to this point he's like no you're not you're gonna stay even longer i mean
1: that a that never happens b coming from a man who has no experience being pregnant like i just think that's incredible that that was the way your news was received
0: absolutely because i was so nervous that it was i was gonna be in trouble which is should not be how any of us ever feel but it's truthful And I felt like I was going to be judged by, like, because the alignment of it was so freaky. Like, there's, even to me, I'm like, there's no way this could have been natural. Like, how did this happen? And so I feel like when I told him, I was so nervous that he was going to be mad at me. Because, you know, he wanted me to kind of head the show and put my name on it. And I said I would. And, like, I just felt like I was, had a lot of responsibility within that cast. And... Again, I you know, it's just how we all feel. It's just kind of, yeah. we're so excited, but we feel guilty. And yeah. it's, right. I want that to change for all of us. Well, yeah. it's, I was
2: going to say, we just talked to Rachel Spencer Hewitt uh, last month. And mm-hmm. she is, you know, the founder of PAL, Parent Artists Advocacy League. And um, we, exa- she told us her story and at the end of it she said you should walk in the room when you tell this news to whomever you're telling your agents your managers the people you're working with you should expect celebration and then when there, if there isn't any that should be the anomaly as opposed mm-hmm. to us saying oh my god that's amazing that he responded in that way yeah. like we should we should expect to have response in that yeah. way Absolutely. and then when they don't respond that way with support and celebration then we have a problem Mm -hmm. and that's how that's what needs to change
0: and I feel too it's just such a stigma with women in our business because I mean I remember in my early 20s I remember a producer um I I took I was doing a workshop of a new show and I was like I was curious why you didn't use um the person who had been doing it and they're like oh well she had a baby and that just changes everything for a while and I was in my early 20s and didn't understand it and I was like oh I was like well what do you mean? he was like it's just something you can't explain when a woman has a child she's just no longer able to be childlike she's not no longer able to be the ingenue and I remember that really stuck with me and I was like well aren't we acting like aren't we actors I'm just kind of like I'm like so she you hired me because she had a kid like I just remember being like there's something I can't quite grasp because, like I said, I was so not in that time in my life and in my early 20s. But I remember being like, "That is not okay. Yeah, it's no, not okay." And guess, in that same person, when that show came back around after I had Emmeline, said the same thing to my agent. So he still <gasps> hasn't. He still hasn't learned. Wow. Oof. Just say it's a thing. I can't, wait. I can't wait for you to sidebar and tell me who it was. <laughs> oh, I, I have, will. I, I know. Have so I'm like names in my I'm mind, sh- right? <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm not gonna talk ugly. I'm not gonna talk <laughs> yeah. ugly. But, but i will behind the scenes
1: <laughs> but that narrative is formative no matter what cuz like you're we're all ingesting that as we're coming up mm-hmm. through the business and that's what feeds that fear to say i'm pregnant like we've heard those stories over and over again you've seen it in the works so why would, it, why would we not be fearful to be to celebrate yeah. our news?
2: And this Absolutely. is why we have this podcast and these conversations amplifying the voice of the working artist, mother, or parent even. Mm-hmm. Although, let's be honest, it doesn't really tend to affect the men. Um, that is what is so important. And that's why Kara and I continue to have these conversations. It's just we are at a point, like Ann Quartz said, honey, who I know you know well children the time for children to be contraband Contraband is over
0: it has to be and i feel like i mean honestly like i have so much um guilt and resentment like towards those feelings that our business has made us feel and again i mean i'm not blaming but the business for what i experienced after birth when i i've never struggled with depression my whole life i've always been a genuinely upbeat person um, some people in my family have struggled with it. And so I've always kind of felt like, well, am I? And I'm like, well, no, I'm actually like, I'm good. Um, but I do feel the pressures of once I gave birth to Emmaline to pretend that my life hadn't changed. And I was um, auditioning to take over for um, What's Her Butt and Cats two weeks. Oh. And I, my the, in front of Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tara Rubin, two weeks after I've given birth, I'm like, I still have a pad to like, Cause i'm still healing and i'm there singing memory, memory. Like, melting your face off and two weeks after birth because i was so afraid i didn't want anyone to think i was falling behind because i gave i created a human life and i feel like i mean it's so when i look back because you know after you have a, your first kid you're just you're this is all new to you too we're not born to know how to do it women are not like we're just like men in that way. It's like, we've not done this before either. Like we're trying to make it work. And I, so I feel like because I pushed myself so hard after birth and that was just like, I think it was like not even two weeks. And then I auditioned oh. for other things. Cause I was like, and people that, you know, I'm friends with on Facebook that would be in the rooms. They're like, didn't you just have a kid like 11 days ago? And I was like, yeah, can't <laughs> keep me down. And I'm like, that's how, like what a disservice that was to myself. And I feel like that push like really led to, I mean, I know postpartum depression has a lot to do with hormonal and a bunch of things, but I definitely think that played a part in me feeling um, depressed. And yeah. just because I didn't allow myself just to be a mom and to have that moment and to take a second and not feel like I was going to be left behind. Yeah, And I, that's just a feeling that I honestly, everybody who's giving birth right during this pandemic, I'm jealous. I'm like, y'all don't have the... I mean, no, not. I mean, the pandemic is horrible. But I'm saying, like, I'm almost jealous of all these new the moms in our business having babies right now because there is no struggle to go back. Right. No one's asking that of them. No one's saying, well, you should be doing this and you should be doing this and you should have already lost the weight and you should have already this. The show's been cast now. Sorry, you were taking care. You know, it's like that's not happening to them right now. And I'm envious a little bit that they're able to. You know, but that's also has a lot to do with my choices too. Like I let that affect me big time. It's so interesting well, that you say all this about,
1: you know, postpartum depression because it's a conversation, right? We, we hear about it all the time, but still the the images that we are fed and the way that we are taught that women need to come back from giving birth don't line up with supporting postpartum depression you see the perfect image of the beautifully put together mother who's had a shower who shed the baby weight who's going back to work who's doing all the things those are the images that we're fed and we're also fed the narrative from work that we can't talk about our kids so here we are grappling with this new identity you like you've created a human you're a mom now which wasn't what you were prior to that you're dealing with hormones you may be depressed and you and society is telling you, nope, you're not allowed to feel all those things. You just got to jump mm-hmm. right back in. So even though the conversation about postpartum depression is happening, we're not doing anything as about a society about it. As a society, mm-hmm. to be like, it's okay, it's okay to be a mom right now. And guess what? There will be a place for you at work when you are ready to come back. That's the big problem. Mm -hmm. We're so afraid of like losing our spot. And it's not just in our industry, right? It's in any industry of a working mother who feels like taking time away from work is going to put them back, is going to set them back. And so, you know, everybody rushes back in. And I mean, I think about it before we're ready, before (laughs) you're ready, Mm -hmm.
2: I, I, I have to say, like, my agent, um, when I had Elliot at the time, you know, I've talked about this before. Talk? That was weird. I've <laughs> talked about this before about um, an audition coming up for Sideshow and having to turn it down. And I was so depressed about it. And I was like, she's only two weeks old. Like, I can't, you know, I'll never have this time again. And my agent, um, rest in peace, Joel Carlton, who was amazing, he said to me, the business will always be here. He was like, take this time. He's like, your baby will only be a baby once. And this was a man who was not a father. He, you know, he, he, but he had empathy and, and, and he was, he recognized that this was a super special time and that I should not be stressing about coming back to a business that honey will forget about me in two seconds. If I don't post something on Instagram or don't have my (laughs) followers, do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is, they're not, Mm -hmm. he's like, he said, it will always be here. And mm-hmm. that was from the person who relied on me to have a job because right. they yeah. you know what I mean? So, and so we all need to treat it as such. We all need to recognize that the business will always be here. It's mm-hmm. as fickle as it comes, honey, but it will be there. And when the yes. time comes and you're ready to go back, you'll, you'll come back.
0: Yeah. And I have to say, I mean, my agent was definitely like, let me know when you want to come back. So I mean, I, and they were supportive of it and it was, I mean, I think it was more me feeling, you know I, and I also feel like just feeling like I wasn't able to fall back and that's a lot with my personality it's just it's a flaw you know it that I I've I've learned it's a flaw I used to think it was like because I'm so driven or you know and I do have a like there's part of me that's a big perfectionist and I'm like I'm supposed like what I'm supposed to do and but I don't even know who's telling me that I'm supposed to you know what I mean it's all that right. that like right. weird thing and also it's just the Because in our business and in our society, it's like I feel like if we have depression or we need more time, it's a sign of weakness versus Mm -hmm. and and I don't feel like we're allowed to be weaker than people already view us, you know, and that's what's, you know, is wrong with our society, too. It's like men get a break constantly. And if we say we need a second or we're struggling or we can't keep our head above water, it's like, oh, probably shouldn't work with them. They can't keep it together. You know even though we can we're just like having a a moment you know and so and because of what we do is it's so based on other people's opinion of you and other people's it's also subjective and it's also, and us always feel like we have to control that narrative is a lot to take on too and so yep. i mean as i've you know if this pandemic has taught me anything it's that family and friends are everything and that our business just poof went away overnight Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. bizarre (laughs) but at this end of the day it's like it's kind of a good lesson on what is your constant and what is there when you want it and you need it not necessarily for everybody else
2: right absolutely no that's true for sure ash we're going to take a quick break don't go anywhere we'll be right back Um, I wanted to sort of talk about, you've talked about, you said before, you guys had struggled to get pregnant with Emmeline. Um, and I know now, you know, that you guys have been trying, well, I'll let you talk about your journey, but mm-hmm. you wanted to give Emmeline a sibling. And I know you wanted to do that ages ago. Like, yeah. you know, when she was born. Meanwhile, you know, in my house, I was sort of on the fence <laughs> and now we've decided. You, you shut the <laughs> I door. I <was> like. <laughs> yeah now it's done the the fence has gone up and it's uh and i'm and i'm on the other side so um for us that's you know one and done but would you share with us a little bit because i don't think something else that's not talked about often is secondary infertility and that is i believe a bit of what you're going through right Mm -hmm. so for those who don't know secondary infertility is when you've had a child and then for reasons unknown who knows why or maybe you do and you realize after the fact but you are unable to conceive another child a second time even though you have done it before and that is something i think we just never really hear about we hear about ivf and we know about infertility struggles that people go on from the get-go from the jump Mm -hmm. but to go through that after having a child um what is that what has that been like for you guys
0: You know, I mean, it's been a lot of ups and downs and in the beginning, and there's also days where we're like, no, we're good. We're good with one. (laughs) And then I'm like, well, there's a part of my heart that doesn't feel complete. And then, you know, I'll, you know, especially like before the pandemic, when I was working and my husband's working and. We're like, maybe this is all we can handle if I want to continue and he wants to continue doing what we're doing. And, you know, so I have to say there have been have been times since I've given birth to Emmaline that we're like, no, we're good. Wait, no, we want another one. No, we're good. No, we want another one. You know, it's like it's a big decision, you know, and I'm like, yeah. and I mean, I like educated decisions <laughs> like beyond. And so but. You know, sometimes I'm like, let go and let God and let's just whatever is meant for me will be. And, you know, I have days where I'm very in line with that. And then some days I'm like, but God, like I want to control like all the things. Mm -hmm. So I guess our journey with this has been, and I do feel like a big part that about having a second kid is about my profession. And like I said, I mean, it's it really, I would be lying and doing us all a disservice if I said anything different than that. And so I feel like I was starting to go with not having a second kid out of fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be out of the game again a couple of years. But I'm like, why do I have to think like that? Like, it's not, you know, having a child is so much more important or your family or whatever you want for your family is so much more important than anything. And so, of course, the pandemic hits, everything goes away. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I got to the root of why I didn't want to have a second. And it was all about the business. Mm -hmm. And it's all about me and the business. And... I have again regret that I let that control me and so now it's done for now for now for now for now and the business is closed and I don't have my second baby that I actually really want over something that is so what's the word Um, seems right now just kind of not as important gone you know Mm -hmm. And you know who's still here is my husband and my baby mm-hmm. and and how much we've leaned on each other through thick and thin. Um, and I regret, again, that I let that, and of course what we do, we love our what we do. So it's okay to let that dictate things in your life and dictate your decision making. I mean, it's the only smart way to go about it is to look at your reality and what you want from your life um, is extremely important. But I kind of let that talk me out of number two because I was afraid of being out of it for longer and so this whole year I was thinking like well now and it taught me and so in the beginning of this whole year we've been trying 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 and it's not happening because it's kind of and now I have all this like oh my gosh I put it on hold for something that went away overnight and now we're having issues like how dare I think that oh the minute I'm ready it's just going to be like poof that doesn't that didn't happen for me you know so now again we got pregnant naturally with Emmaline, um, and now we are actually starting our, I, our IVF journey right as we speak.
2: Mm.
0: Which is a really big jump. and I said we were on our way. So we're all in like the diagnostic testing of like making sure we're good to go. and obviously we're, you know we're getting up there. Um, so we want to like step on the gas. so I'm not like, you know, at our <laughs> high school graduation or his, who you know? Um, like an old <laughs> granny. Um, I am in my, still in my 30s, even though I played Mother Abbess. So, you know.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, I actually I thought we were the same age, and I discovered today
0: that you're younger than me. Well, I mean, by a, a smidge smidge. Um, but Daniel just turned 40 this year, and I'm still a super spring chick. Um, No, not really a spring chick. Um, So we're starting that journey right now, and um, it's exciting. Sometimes, like we were going to our first appointment, I said, Daniel, we have lost – our minds, like, <laughs> in the but and like, but we're doing it, and we're both so excited about this journey, and you know, but it's like you know, we don't know about our business. Like, I'm thankful that Daniel's been able to not skip a beat a beat in his work, um, and that's I've been super grateful for that. Um, but you know, we we're down here in Florida with my family. We rented a place on the beach, which has been such a gift. We. We're going back to New Jersey. We don't know exactly what we're going to do with Emmeline in kindergarten. I mean, there's so many unknowns, like for all of us, like what the heck are we going to do? You know, we're contemplating where we're going to raise our family. And, you know, before the pandemic, I mean, we moved to uh, Jersey to set roots and Emmeline would have school or have friends that she was going to go to school with. And then, you know, everybody's world's been turned upside down. So there's so many more unknowns. And here we are <laughs> going to bring another life into the world, hopefully. <laughs> I'm like, it's insane. We're absolutely insane. But, you know, it's what we want to do. And we're just going to, you know, hopefully bring another baby into our crazy world. <laughs> oh. I, I just feel like we're not complete for whatever reason. Even though, but again, it's, it's a new journey. Like, I've never done the IVF situation. And it's also, I hope i'm trying to manage expectations you know where i'm not because who knows if we're gonna meet like i said we're in the diagnostic part like if we meet with our doctor and he's like you know what this is going on this is going on and y'all aren't good candidates you have one healthy baby go hug on her and you know i have to be ready for that i also have to be ready like anybody you know getting all the way and we implant and it doesn't work like And so that part I'm probably the most anxious about is just managing expectations and also being excited, but at the same time, I don't want to go down like depression road again. You know what I mean? It's just like, I Mm -hmm. kind of, it's a heavy road, even though there's so much excitement, there's so much unknown, like even when you get pregnant naturally, there's so, until you hold that precious little thing and you're home from the hospital and you get through those first couple of weeks, I mean, it is like... Wow. I mean, it's truly a miracle. All of it. I mean, you know, that it all can even happen. You know, so I still sometimes look at MLM and I'm like, that is so weird that I made you. This is <laughs> I so do weird.
1: that all the time with my kids. I look at my husband. I'm like, these, we made these people. They're like people now. It's so weird.
0: I know. I'm like, Daniel, if we didn't French, she would not be here. You know what I mean? Like, it's so bizarre. It's crazy. I'm like, it, I and I know it happens Millions and trillions and billions times a day. Like, I know I'm not the first mother on Earth, but sometimes it feels that you're like, hold the phone. Like, I'm in charge of that. (laughs) Take it or leave it.
1: I think it's pretty amazing, like, a a silver lining of this time. And I think all of us has kind of found this in certain ways. Like, it's really refined what's important to us right we've been stripped of so much and so it became so clear to you that you were like no we i want to have another baby like that is mm-hmm. important to me right now and also you're talking about going into all this unknown and trying to navigate We've also done that this year. Like everything has been unknown. Things have changed at the drop of a hat and we've adapted in ways that we didn't think we weren't prepared for and didn't think we were capable of. So it's almost mm-hmm. like we've been kind of armed with more skill than we even know and maybe that's given you kind of the the guts to go move forward with this, you know, even though it Absolutely. is scary and there there could be extreme disappointment and grief attached to it but hopefully joy mm-hmm. as well you know so
0: yes absolutely and i and i think it's just like i mean this whole time it's like you look at who you have leaned on this year and who um it like you said it just has really like honed in on what's important and i think that's confusing too at times cuz i'm like is it, am i feeling this way because like our business is gone like what will i feel when it starts ramping up and how how do we navigate that is it it like and then there's also the question of like there's so many of our friends that are like i've been looking for an out i'm out i've been questioning leaving the business forever and like that there's clarity in that i'm like get it and i guess that's what i'm my biggest hope and prayer for is just clarity you know it just all the decision making is so cuz it's big stuff it's like where do you live? Where do you want to raise your family? Do I want, you know, do we want to continue the hustle of that this business requires? Do we want to live in like the most expensive state in the (laughs) world? You know, it's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like all these things that we do and like being down here and like I was born and raised here. All my sibs are here. It's so, so fun. And life is so simple here. You know, it is like, I mean, I haven't lived here since high school and so much less like have my baby here and the whole thing, but everything is so simple. But then I'm like, will that be what I want forever now that I've gotten like a taste of like city and like New York City being right there and all the thing, the positive things that, you know, that why we're all living there, you know, I mean, it's, that's so many amazing things that you can't get here. Totally. So it's just like, what lifestyle
2: yeah. I had that feeling too. Cause it's like, I kept, I always thought I wanted something to come out of the ether and just like hit me and say, you should do this instead. And this year, something that I have realized is <laughs> there's nothing else I want to do instead. And Same. that was so refreshing to just think, Oh, I don't have to wonder anymore. I can't wait to be back to work. I can't wait to be back in New York city. And I just am ready. Like, here we go. I'm still in it. I'm a lifer. It's what we do. I want to, I want to shift a little bit um, to some of the the fun parts of what we do, <laughs> which is you, because <laughs> there are fun parts. I, you are a Disney darling. Yes. So people who are just tuning in, I can't imagine that you, well, first off, you heard our intro, but Ashley, you know, she was Mary Poppins, Belle, the first job out of college was on the record, which was a Disney show as well. And I you, saw you on, on the record. I saw the tour.
1: You
0: did. Oh my I did. gosh.
1: We were on 42nd Street, and I think we got free tickets to see you, but I saw you on the record. Oh, my gosh. That was
2: just a few years Mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. Such a baby. Just a a couple. Just a couple. But you, Ashley, have made a career of concert work in the last several years, particularly since Emmeline's been born. I think that has been the bread and butter mostly, right? And Mm -hmm. I – I would, I mean, I would love to do concert works. There's nothing that sounds better than going off and singing for a few days, wearing a fabulous gown, getting paid money, and then you go home and have some time off instead of the eight week, eight shows a week grind. So how has that been for motherhood? I mean, I can imagine it's easier in a lot of ways than doing the eight shows a week. But also, are you missing out on this other part?
0: Absolutely. I mean, the funny thing with the whole concert situation is you know, I I kind of started doing it, you know, like you said, I was so fortunate to play these iconic people. And I remember when I was doing Poppins, they asked me to do Feinsteins. And I remember being probably the most nervous I'd ever been. And I realized then that I no longer knew how to just be me on stage. I didn't know how to talk like me. I didn't know how to walk like me. I didn't know how to sing like, not that I wasn't singing or talk, but you know, without being held, handed a script or an outline of you know who this character is supposed to be and and I it scared me because I was like oh my gosh because I graduated college being like this is what Ashley does and then I after I mean I did eight shows a week for like seven years eight years without stopping Um, which was, I mean, I'm not complaining. Hello, gross. If I were, I mean, it was amazing. (laughs) but it's also hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's so hard. But I'm like, I didn't want to be like, I had so much work. Eh." (laughs) Um, I didn't want to sound like that because I was so grateful for it, but that scared me. And so when I ended up leaving Poppins, which was a really hard decision because the show wasn't closing, which is like, that never happens or people just get to like leave. And I was like, I'm an idiot. Um, but I was like, I just kind of. Um, I did end up going back for a bit. Um, I just wanted to go figure out who I was on stage as Ashley and because Feinstein scared me so badly, which it should have been so easy, um, and um it was a nightmare of I was so nervous. None of it was fun, I hated every second of it. I was like, Get the hook, get me out of here, I hate it. And I was like, This is not how it should be. Um and so then honestly I started concert work just as like a filler of like, oh, until I get my next show I'll just do this here and there, whatever. And then I started really falling in love with it. And um, when I started, you know, putting together a solo show, I had a conductor um, with Indianapolis Symphony was like, I want to put together like just your show. And I was like, all right, I'm here for that. And so we did because I'd known him forever. So he knew like that I was silly and like he knew my personality and my voice. So we just did all kinds of genres and I was able to just be me. And I was like, I loved it. And then it kind of just started taking off and I was like, but then I was being booked and I was like, wait, how do I make this my business? And so what I, throughout the years, just with Different Symphony, what I started to do is collect my own charts. So now I have a library over 50 orchestrations and I have put together my own packages. You know, I have a Christmas, I have an Irving Berlin, I have a Disney, I have an Ashley Brown's Broadway, I have, you name it. And I say, hey, 60 orchestras, what works in your season and then I'm I have a librarian and so I'm the one and then they pay me for my they pay me for all the things so I was like oh my I was able to kind of create my own business within that and I really found myself as a performer um, through that and so I started just really loving it it became less of a filler and more of a career randomly um, and so it just kind of morphed into that and you know and also, especially when I had Emmaline, it was a lot of travel. So I am gone. I was gone like two weekends a month at least. So there's that. That's a little rough. But at the same time, Monday to Thursday, I was just mom. And so there yeah, was man. a total plus. But it's so crazy. I know you guys deal with this too, where it's like, don't you feel like just absolutely two different people? <laughs> like, you know, it's like you're on stage and you're like, you're like signing the stage door and then you go home and you're like now I'm wiping somebody's hiney you know it's like it's a it blows all the minds um so I mean but of course there were times um where I felt very not stuck because that sounds so negative but it's I guess there were times where I was getting so into the concert world where there were times I was missing auditions I felt like I was my the broadway career which was like always been my dream was kind of went on the back burner because of what i was doing was lucrative and but it was also efficient with my time and i could be a mom so there's something very alluring to like about it you know obviously um but i also missed like being in a cast you know whereas like with the concert if I, i mean most of the time i knew the conductor and we could have a kiki but most of the time i was just me by myself and Which was fun once I became a mom. I was like, ooh, spa (laughs) day, just laying here. Um, All I have to do is sing 25 songs. That sounds like a vacation. Um, But, you know, but I missed that the group, the camaraderie, and the family that you have when you're in a cast, you know, and being able to tell a story and do all that kind of stuff.
2: Yes, but now the pandemic you have gotten to sing <laughs> i know you've that's gotten true. to sing with your
0: besties i, I know mean, plural, it, uh, it's like,
2: ashley and i so ashley and i met because my bestie michael james scott is also one of her closest buds and he was the genie in aladdin so now they do these disney concerts y'all her michael and josh strickland who
0: is I your mean, bestie what does
2: emeline call him uncle funny or uncle, uncle f- silly
0: uncle <laughs> silly <laughs> oh my gosh it's so fitting.
2: How has it been, though, getting to do these concerts, you know, in the shutdown? You guys did them outdoors, socially distanced, all the things y'all tested. Got
0: tested, did all the things. Yes. Um, it has been such a gift, and it does not, I mean, it does not go to the side how lucky we are to have been able to do these outdoor socially distant situations and um to the theaters that have been able to provide have the budget to provide these outdoor spaces that are safe I mean kudos because not everybody can afford to do it because it's quite the undertaking I can't even imagine not to mention like all the responsibility they have if they're like so 60 people just got sick at your concert like that's a lot to Mm. take on yeah but so but you know, when I, because um, I did one with Michael in December in Orlando, and then we did the Disney one um, last month, and then we were just in Boston last weekend. It was my first time flying since the pandemic, and I was like, this is so odd. Um, and I'm like, if I hear, if, like, I told Jessica, I was like, if I hear one more mucus slap, I mean, I'm going to have an anxiety attack. Because, like, everything you hear, you're like, <laughs> you know, you're like, did you get tested? Did you? Um, But because I was a germ freak before all this, I was like Miss Clorox Wife and everybody judged me. But I'm like, lesson: who doesn't have a head cold for their concert? Me. Yeah. um, Because I wiped it all down. And y'all judged uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. um, So, but so anyways, but doing the concerts and everything, there was something so, oh, the feelings were just all over the place because, you know, in a way for us, we've been doing it so long, it's like riding a bike and you know sound check it's like oh we do this and we rehearse and then this is where I go and oh I need more piano I need more of this but then as I was doing then like sound checking I'm like this isn't normal right now like so I kept like going back and forth from like being in your zone and this is what you do to like wait Ashley like take a snapshot like and like take this in this is not happening right now like this is not normal so it was a very like weird feeling of like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm singing live and then I have to say for the Disney concert just because we're keeping it so real all of us were so anxious because I'm like we're singing our high knees off and like we're just singing so many songs and I'm like do we have the stamina like can we belt for two hours and do two shows like in Orlando with the Disney thing we did two shows in one day so it's four hours of like th- throaty throat straight tone yeah. business yeah. Yeah, no, y'all were
2: singing down. I mean, it's a lot like you had done the Festival of the Arts at Epcot for years before. I mean, like you said, you're Disney darling, and you love the Disney and all the things. And and y'all, when you do those songs, these concerts, you are you're belting. Yeah, it's you like are every eleven and o'clock y'all are number. Exactly, yes. exactly. <laughs> but you you've also gone on the Disney Cruise Line. We're gonna get Disney centric here for a second because you've gone on Disney Cruise Line and you took Emmeline, right? Mm-hmm. Which, yes. That's its own thing because it's a fun time. You can put your kid in the kids club, oh, you know.
0: Thank mm-hmm. goodness she liked it because I'm like, let me tell you something. If you don't like it, you're going to learn to like it. Because <laughs> 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 this is where you live girl. Exactly. Um, but yes, yeah, exactly. so the Disney Vacation Club um, has hired the Disney on Broadway performers to come and do their um, special, like the evening show of their last night of the cruise is like a special presentation Um, and so that's been so, so fun to be a part of that. And, you know, and like you get to sail with the, your buddies and like, I got to bring Emmeline one time, but before that, you know, I had nieces and nephews that came with me. I was like, of course, once my kid gets old enough to enjoy this pandemies, I'm like,
2: I'm like, I'm so sure. Oh, honey.
0: She is all about Minnie Mouse. And I did not push that. It is a thing. (laughs) It is a thing. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, Disney all day. um Ashley, we could sit here and chat with you. I mean, I know. you know, we could keep forever. Um, but we have to go because it's
0: Rats. we've talked and talked I'm,
2: and talked. I know
0: for like an hour. Well, I love you, girls, yeah. and thank you for this platform to be able to talk so real about being a mom and a performer and all that we do I know it inspires me and so many others to be able to just talk so open about all this and nobody feel alone so thank you guys for providing this for so many people
2: thank you well yeah we're happy we're happy to do it we love to hear from people and and to know that it helps them and thank you for sharing your story and journey and, and journey with us and I'm just happy I got to sit and Kiki with you for an I hour know,
0: or so. It was so fun. <laughs> and, and that Mother
1: Abbess Key story is gonna stay with me for a very long time. Yes. So
0: <laughs> I'm like, y'all, what is gonna happen if room. I can't get this gate open? <laughs> Stress me out. So like, the music about, will like... have
2: a whole nother ending, honey. <laughs> 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 well, well I mean, apparently I climbed the mountain and came back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Have Thank a good you, one. I will. Bye, you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our awesome theme song, our producers, Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you.